All right, an idiot expert podcast episode four. Here we are again. Uh, my name's Calcio Joe. I'm here with uh, Claudio Perfetto. Um, you guys can find us on Twitter at idiot expert pod at cperfetto11 at Calcio Joe five. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Claudio, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for the support. Please keep listening and rate us if yeah. you have the opportunity. Rate us and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, on Anchor, um, also on cloudsports.tk. Um, we have a nice ambiance going on here in our studio. We have the Syracuse-Arizona State game going on. Yep, uh, so, you know, we're trying to pick up on that, too, because our Twitter poll shows that uh, most of our listeners seem to find basketball as the most enjoyable sport afterwards, right. after soccer. Joe was very sad to find out that baseball was actually, <laughs> was actually the, least the least favorite <laughs> so, out of the four. <laughs> oh, man. So, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, let's start off with the Champions League. Um, that seems to be the hot topic in the soccer world today. Uh, down to eight teams, uh, two Italian teams involved, uh, Juventus and Roma. Um, Juventus... Obviously, we've talked about and it's been well documented on multiple podcasts and newspapers and and websites. They're supposed to be there. Roma, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, how big of a surprise would we characterize uh, characterize that as? Um, starting from the beginning of the competition, it's actually a pretty big surprise because they were in the same group as Chelsea and Atletico Madrid, and they qualified over Met- uh, Atletico Madrid. So to get to the round of 16 was a big accomplishment for them. Then once they got there, they got a favorable draw uh, playing Shakhtar Donetsk, which is not a huge team, but they are in the competition often, so not an easy team. They actually qualified for the round of 16 over Napoli, who um, is one of the better teams in uh, Serie A. So I would say the bigger surprise was getting to the round of 16, but they did well to go. Um, Pass through Shakhtar, especially going into the second game down two to one, and they needed to win one nothing, and they were able to accomplish that. So good for them. Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, is it all gravy from here? I mean, for for them at this point, um, you know, I would say have so. they, they've accomplished their goal, right? Yeah, but definitely. This is probably better than they thought they would do, and. It all depends on who they play now in the quarterfinals, but they're at a point now where they're going to be playing so a that's tough a, team. That's a good point um, because obviously new to the sport, um, in American sports, usually everything is laid out. You can see brackets beforehand. Mm-hmm. You can see seeds. Um, we know that things either re-rank or, or whatnot. In football, you know, you have the one seed, the two seed, all the way down to the six seed. Um, so you kind of have an idea of who is going to be lurking down the road. Right. It doesn't seem to seem to no. be that way in the Champions League. No, there'll be... So the round of 16, we've explained before on the podcast um, how that kind of works, where the uh, first place teams in each group are pitted against the runner runners up in each group but when it gets to the quarterfinals it's totally random um so there'll be a draw on friday and they will pull names out of a hat one by one and those are that's who you're going to be paired up against do we think that's fairer than the american system because obviously the american system and you know there's not one system but let's just take basketball and for the nba for example I've, you know, the league has talked about looking into 
changing this playoff system up one through 16, uh, no longer having conferences. Um, do we think it's a fair, you know, draw to, to um, literally pull names out of a hat and not to give a higher ranking team uh, an advantage against a lower ranking team? So it's it's not necessarily unfair because it would be hard to rank everybody because you're starting out in different groups, so you're not playing each other from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So how do you know who the first seed is and who the eighth seed is and, and all that? So it's pretty tough to do. You could do a World Cup type system, which the World Cup has everything set out before. So it'll say like the winner of, of group, group A, a is plays. going to play second place in group B and vice versa. And you're already on one side of the bracket. So you kind of know who you're going to play going ahead. Um, this is different. This is totally random. So let's take a step back here. Wouldn't the UEFA runs the Champions League, correct? Yeah. The prevailing thought throughout uh the United States is that FIFA and UEFA, these these organizations of soccer, are not the most. Uh, they're somewhat corrupt, right? So well, especially FIFA, yeah. Wouldn't it wouldn't it behoove them to have this all planned out beforehand? Now, would it be convenient for uh, who's who would we say is the favorite in the tournament moving forward? Manchester City. Um, I would say. Either Real Madrid or Barcelona. Real Madrid, two-time defending champion. Barcelona, you know, is still very strong. Obviously, team. for ratings purposes, you want the biggest fan base to move on to the next round right. and make it to the championship. Wouldn't it be smart for you uh, for UEFA to give them the easiest draw so that they can make it through to the next round? That's true, but I think once you get to this round of quarter, the quarterfinals, eight teams, they know. Historically, they're getting, a, they're getting a ton of big teams. So it's very hard for a smaller team to get to this point. So I think that they just figure that at this point they're gonna have, they're gonna have to pair big teams up with each other. So it's gonna be hard to I'm kind of saying, set that all, all up. Stay woke, Claude. Yeah, well, <laughs> stay woke. <laughs> because let's think about it this way. It would make sense, though. Like this is these are huge, you know. Yeah. I don't want to say corrupt right. organizations, I don't know but preva- prevailing but. thoughts are that they're not the uh, right the they're not the sterling example of uh, of honor right. uh, uh, among professional organizations in the world. Um, I would just I would be nervous if I was a fan of any of these teams because it's literally being drawn out of a hat. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it yeah it's tough i mean last year you know take juventus for example they had to play barcelona in the quarterfinals which was tough and they got past it and then they had to take on monaco in the semifinals which was an easier team than barcelona uh, where they became the favorites so you know Ideally, it would have been the reverse, where mm. Juventus would have taken on Monaco in the quarterfinals and then Barcelona in the yeah. semifinals. But you know, it's luck of the draw, as they All say. Right. Well, I, I can't change. Uh, I can't change those leagues, and I can't change the. Uh... Well, they did change going forward next year. They did change the format to get into the competition, where they they're basically saying we need four teams from England, Italy, Spain, and Germany because those are the best teams, the most well-known teams. Mm-hmm. So we want as many of those teams in the tournament from the beginning as possible. And so. how is that? 
der- how does that compare to, to this current? Uh, so the way it works right now is Spain gets three automatic berths to the group stage and one to the qualifying round before the group stage. Are they eliminating the qualifying round? Or you could get, be. Get, you have to play another. No, no, I'm saying are they eliminating the qualifying round altogether? No, there year? is a qualifying round, but okay. Spain, Germany, Italy, and um, England don't have to participate in that qualifying round anymore. They go straight into the group stage. So they're basically saying that those the big leagues team, are the better leagues. Yeah, and they're getting straight directly in. And then the smaller leagues are going to fight it out. Well, if I was like Shakhtar or... Right. A team I, like Shakhtar is really going to have a much tougher that. time getting yeah. in next year. So, All right. Well, they, they know what, what puts people in the seats. Yeah. Um, and, the and those are the bigger teams. Um, so we have two Italian teams. Yes. This is the first time since 2006, 2007. Yep. What does that say about the state of Italian soccer right now? It's getting better. You know, Juventus in the past couple of years have made it to the finals two out of three years. So they're obviously at the top of European soccer right now. And to have another team join them like Roma is, uh, it's, I think it's it's positive. You know, next year they're going to have four teams directly yeah. into the group stage. So the chances now, will improve. I mean, this would anger probably the English listeners. Mm-hmm. But is it... Is it a fair statement to say that it, Italian soccer is possibly making its way up to being one of the best league in the world? Yeah, I mean, I think right now Spain is at the top of the list. They're by far. I mean, they're just... But the disparity between the top teams and the bottom teams is pretty wide. In no? Spain? In Spain? Well, that's what you you would think that. But then you take the Manchester United-Sevilla game. Sevilla's fifth place in Spain. And they played Manchester United, who's second place in England. And they beat them and mm. so we think that the spanish teams have a big disparity because barcelona and real madrid are going out and beating everybody every, every year week yeah. and every year but maybe it's just they're that much better, better than, than everybody else, else. Yeah. and the the rest of the league is still very strong so i think spain is up at the top um and then i think right now i would say italy is still a little behind but they're once the milan teams ac milan and inter milan get back it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good for for Italian soccer. Well, I will say about I will say this. Um, it makes sense for people to be interested and to think that the product the Italian the Italian league is uh, producing is the is one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, because it's one of the only races that still matter right now right now yes. for this yeah. for this season so i mean we'll get into the into that more yep. uh later on and you kind of touched on uh the next avenue we wanted to go down which was uh manchester united not making it um obviously they're one of the best known teams in the world it's not the best thing for the competition but it does show that if you don't come to play yeah, you will easily get knocked out. You're not playing any, you know, powder puffs out out there. Um, right. These are good soccer teams. Yeah, and if you know, if you look at it, when they played Liverpool on Saturday, they had a very similar strategy. They they've played very defensive. They didn't give Liverpool any space. Um, you know, Liverpool has very good players up front and they usually are they're quick and they get into space and that's how they score goals Manchester United didn't allow them to do that but it didn't work against Sevilla because Sevilla has a lot of technical players that 
were able to pass the ball around and still find those little spaces. And you could tell in the first half, Sevilla was kind of getting right to the edge of the, the box. Um, and they weren't able to get that final pass into the box to score. But you you just had a feeling that they, eventually they were going to figure it out and they were going to be able to score, and, and that's what happened. And Jose Mourinho, who's the coach yep. of, uh, of Manchester United, yep. um, well, everything that I read, he was getting trashed after the game. Uh, this kind of goes back to the topic that we've been talking about uh, in the past few episodes with soccer managers and how much different it is from than American right. coaches and managers. Uh, the the room for the leeway, the leash is a lot shorter right. uh, in soccer. Um, but let me break it down for you for a little bit because he has always had a defensive style of playing. Where you know he's been at Real Madrid, he's been at Inter Milan, uh, he was at Chelsea, he was at Porto. So he's always had a defensive style of playing, and it's always been a winning style for him. It's worked. He's won. You know, wherever he's gone, he's won. Um, Manchester United's style historically has not been that. It's been very attacking, very Mm. entertaining. It's more of a show, and they've won that way. But they hired Mourinho because the past few years have been terrible for them. You know, after Alex Ferguson retired, they hired coaches uh, David Moyes and Louis Van Gaal who weren't even getting them into the Champions League. So I'm sure a couple of years ago they would have signed up for, you know, being second place in the Premier League, being in the round of 16 of the Champions League, and the owners probably had that in mind, and they were like, you know, Mourinho's a sure thing. Maybe he's not the most attractive style, but he's a sure thing. Where he, I think, is wrong is he's not very... um, diplomatic so after the game he said like some stupid quote about how when he coached Porto they beat Manchester United in the Champions League when he coached um, Real Madrid they beat Manchester United in the Champions League so he's like this has happened to Manchester United before it's not a big deal I've been in the seat where it's happened to them Mm -hmm. already and it's just like you know say that you should have beat Sevilla and we didn't and that's it don't make stupid comments like that that's where I think the well, fans get a little you know, mad. you know what I think is funny. I think your your American background is coming out a little bit because your first instinct is he's done, he's had success everywhere else. He's yep. built equity. Now he's at the point. Even this season with Manchester United, they just had a big win against Liverpool. Yeah, give him a little bit of space if he had a loss. You know what I mean? Let's let's. It's not the end of the world. Whereas you read on Twitter and articles online that the Manchester United fans, they want to win every single game. Right. And they want to get rid of them immediately. Yeah. I think it's it's an interesting uh, breakdown between the American philosophy and the European philosophy. Americans seem to accept the mediocrity, or not really mediocrity, but understand that you can't win every single game. In soccer terms, I think everyone wants to win every single game, yeah. and they want they're willing to blame the coach if they don't win every single. And game. And I think part of it is that Manchester City is in first place, and they're still in the Champions League. And the United fans, they don't like that because Manchester City was always the little brother. You, they never thought Manchester City would overtake them, but they sold to a rich owner. He invested a lot into the team, and now here they are. They're one of the best teams in, in Europe. Your best so, comparison would be if the Mets 
right. If let's let's do a basketball That's analogy. A very, well, yeah, Let, yeah. Let's do a basketball analogy. If the Nets, if the Nets which they tried, to if do. the Brooklyn Nets made the finals, uh, James Dolan would lose his mind, right? As, as the Knicks owner, and and you know, not only is he trying to protect his investment in the team because yep. he's trying to keep his fans uh, loyal, because obviously there's a percentage of fans that will go back and forth between teams. Um, but also, it just it's that extra thorn in your side when the city rival is the one that's winning the championships, and you are sitting back not really doing anything. Look, look I mean, we use the basketball analogy. You use the the baseball analogy of the Yankees and the Mets. The Wilpons came out and had a quote about the Yankees getting John Carlos Stanton that the move wasn't sustainable. What's what's not sustainable? Getting exactly. guys that almost hit 60 home runs a year? Exactly. What's not sustainable about that? <laughs> it's true. And he, uh, that's, that's what they're going through. They, they're just upset that they're out of the competition now because their, you know, neighbor, their neighbors are in the competition. And on top of that, their neighbors have a huge lead in the Premier League and they're going to win it. So it's just a bad time. But they would have signed up for it two but years what, ago. But I'm, what I'm hearing from you is... Trust the process of Mourinho. He's a well, good coach. Not so much trusted, but you know what you're getting out of him. It wasn't. This isn't a rookie coach that you're hiring for the you first time. You knew you were going to hire. You knew you're getting the guy yeah. who plays this way. Like this is his style. This is how he wins. And now it's up to the owners to decide. Hey, you know, we knew that this was going to be a short term thing where we wanted him to get us back to this level. Now we're going to bring somebody else in to try to play more entertaining, more attractive, and get us to an even higher level, or if they're going to stick with him, knowing that he will bring you know consistent results. At yeah, least. I mean, uh, you know, NFL teams do that from time to right. time. They'll hire a defensive-minded coach to begin with. They'll have them build up the defense. They'll have it. They'll have them bring structure into the into the organization. And then when they reach that final peaking point uh, where they've gotten everything out of the, the defensive-minded coach, they bring in the offensive genius, the, the young coordinator, um, and he then, um, then takes the team over the top to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. Um, very similar. So, you know, that, that's, that's something that I can, I can see in this situation. Do you think he survives the year? For sure, yeah. Do you think he'll that. be the coach in 2020? Uh, 2020, he tends to to leave after a couple of years himself he doesn't stay places long so i don't think so because i just don't between the way he's acting right now and the fans thoughts towards him well clearly this is a guy that doesn't care what he what he, he doesn't, does not no, care no. at all what what he says in the po- in the yeah. press uh, press conferences and he doesn't care how he's received to his fan base and to the press right and Another story that involves him this past week is that he called Frank DeBoer the worst manager in Premier League history. So you want to give us a little background on that? Yeah, so Frank DeBoer, um, when he managed in the Premier League, it was a very short stint where he lost seven games. That's it. He played seven games, he lost seven games, and he didn't score his team didn't score a goal in any of those games. Mm. So it's a rich Cotite. I see it. Exactly. So he came out. He's now, you know, on one of those uh, shows analyzing the Premier League and stuff. And he said, he made a comment that Anthony, um, sorry, Marcus Rashford, who plays for Manchester United and Mourinho now, 
it's unfortunate that he's playing for Mourinho because he's only going to learn like how to win or something weird like that. He's not going to learn how to like become a better player. player. He's just going to care about winning or because Mourinho cares about winning so much. Something That's an like interesting that. quote. Yeah, I, I would like my players to only care about right. winning. So but... Mourinho came back and said that he's basically the worst manager in Premier League history, and if Rashford played for him, he would just learn how to accept losing. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> yeah, he buried him. I like that. I, re- I really like that. I mean, that would be the the American equivalent of Bill Belichick or Rex Ryan yep. on uh, ESPN or NFL Countdown exactly. making a comment about Bill Belichick not knowing how to coach his team and then Bill Belichick coming back and saying, you're an abomination it, of a football coach. It's very similar to that, so... I like but it. That's well, Mourinho. So. I mean, that's it's an interesting, a testy personality. Um, but what I'm learning is that the personalities of the managers are almost larger than life in in the soccer world. The top managers are huge. They just because wherever they go, they win. So everybody wants them. So that's and, an interesting point. So in soccer, do you think that the coach and and, and I have my, my opinions on this in all different sports. Yep. So I think that in baseball, it makes a little bit of a difference. Um, it's not the be-all, end-all. In NFL, I think in the NFL, I think it makes a gigantic difference because they're involved in every single play with play calling. In the NBA, I really don't think it's in a... It, I mean, you could see with the Warriors right now. Steve Kerr lets the team Steve coach. Steve Kerr lets the team coach. I mean, obviously, you can get a lot out of... Uh, minimal talent if you're a very very good coach but once you reach the top levels and you have the best players around you phil jackson won 11 championships i mean he's a good coach but at the end of the day it's because he had michael jordan kobe bryant and shaquille o'neal so um well in soccer it's the combination the teams that have the most money and are able to buy the best players they have the foundation but they do need the coach, like a Pep Guardiola of Manchester City. He came in and he's taken Manchester City to a whole other level, which, um, you know, if he needs the players to do, obviously. If, if he was coaching, you know... Uh, but uh, give, me, give me an example of, a, of one of these premier lifelike coaches, or, you know, um, larger-than-life coaches that did an excellent job with a team... That is was not that talented. Claudio Ranieri, Leicester City, a couple okay. years ago. That team had no business winning the Premier League, and they won the Premier League. So. And that's based off of strategy and right. He just, I mean, he had good players, good personnel, and his formation and tactics worked. And I guess they started the season off very strong, and they just believed in it after that, and they were able to get result after result and. And win, but it very, very rarely happens that way. You know, so usually, you would say it's less likely in soccer than it is in you at at in terms of winning. I think managers have big input in the teams that make the Champions League. Like you could maybe not have that much talent and go and make the Champions League. You know, become fourth place in your league and qualify for the Champions League. That we could see often, um, but actually winning it. You need you need the players to most of the time. All right, since we we're on the the manager topic, um, and again, if you like what you hear on this uh, podcast, you of course can subscribe on iTunes. You can uh, listen on Anchor. 
You can listen to us on cloudsports.tk. Follow us at Idiot Expert Pod on Twitter. Uh, follow my co-host, Claudio Perfetto, at CPerfetto11. Follow myself at CaltroJoe5. Um, because we, we engage in these conversations on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, and since we're talking about managers, we'll kind of transition a little bit to Syria A. And an interesting quote that I heard from the inter-manager, Spalletti, and I'll, I'll read it to you. I've worked with this team every day, and I think there is simply a lack of quality. Napoli have quality. We don't have much. So, obviously, that's an English translation uh, of his original quote in Italian. Uh, This piqued my interest during the week, and I don't know how you feel about this. But if I heard this as an American sports fan, this is a a wild quote to me. Because... with the exception of rebuilding teams in American sports, you will never hear this from a coach in American sports. Well, I don't even think you would hear it in a rebuild. It's very rare. Yeah, you would be, not that it's way. It's very rare to say that we just aren't talented enough. Right. Even if you have the even if you have a team of Jared Jeffries the and four guys off the off the bench to play basketball. You would never say that that we don't have the talent to win the game. We'll give credit to the other team. We'll say the other team outperformed. They're they're very talented. But I would never just say my team has no talent. That's besides True. even these college coaches. The, the NCAA tournament is is you know the, at the end of the week, the sixteen seeds. I don't think they'll ever say that. My guys in the room, they're just not good enough. It's true, and I think he's just a little frustrated. Um, they got off to a great start. Inter, they were up there with Napoli and Juventus competing for the championship, and they fell off. And Inter's had this happen to them in the past few years where they go on like these amazing runs of games where they're, you, you're like, oh, my God, can Inter win the, the Serie A? And then all of a sudden, they completely fall apart and lose game after game or tie game after game, and they fall out of the Champions League places. So, and that's pretty much what happened to them this season. Now, so, they thought that he's a great he was the Roma coach before and he had a great reputation reputation there. So they thought that it would be different this year because he was getting the best out of his team and they were competing and they figured they would stay up to the, at the top, but they haven't. They fell down to fifth place. Milan is like breathing down their necks. Um, so I think he's just frustrated. Uh, he, the team isn't spending money the way he probably thought they would to buy new players, and that's his way of maybe saying like, "Look, this isn't my fault." Mm. You know, you guys. Does this quote have any it. credence? Is are they not as talented as the other teams? I mean, they. Roma is not as talented as Napoli, but they beat Napoli four two last week. So, in anything can happen. Mm. I mean. Overall, they're not as good as Napoli is, but can you beat a team in one game? Of course you can, and they do have talent. You know, Icardi, their striker, is one of the best in Italy. If how, not, how can the, his player? How can his players now right go 
and play for him after he just said that you guys just aren't talented enough. There's a lot of rumors around Inter that say things like the, the dressing room is all messed up. They don't really get along with the players, don't get along with each other. And, and that's why they always go through these runs where they start out well and they kind of fall apart because they have internal struggles and things. And maybe that's all playing into it. And, and I agree. I don't see how this helps to, to hear that. Really? I mean, I, I know I'm not the expert in soccer. But sport is sport. Yeah. And when you hear that your coach says, the guys in my room, we just can't get it done. They're not, they're not good enough. Who are you going to play for? I mean, unless he's some master motivator that's trying to unite his players against him, I can't, I can't see how this is beneficial for the team. Agreed. It, it won't be. And they have... A few games left, and they need to. Their goal was to get into the Champions League next year, and right now they're on the outside looking in, and you know they um, they're gonna have a tough time. And I don't see this helping. Yeah, just, they're already fragile. You know, they're a very fragile team because for the past few years, like I said, they've gone up and down so much that they're they have a very fragile mentality to begin with. And hearing that from the coach can't can't help it. So now the team that they tied this past weekend. Uh, in was Napoli. Yeah. Um, and as we've talked about, and if you follow Serie A, you know that the the race for the championship is going to come down to Ventus and Napoli. Yeah. Uh, so the question we posed last week was, can Napoli bounce back from their loss to Roma? Now they're playing... They uh, played Inter. They play Inter. They did. And they tied Inter. Mm-hmm. Juventus is unstoppable right now as of a few hours ago they beat at atlanta which is a hilarious name first off sounds exactly like atlanta uh they they beat them three to not from atlanta not from atlanta (laughs) but uh they beat them three nothing so two nothing so they have a four point lead right now Mm -hmm. uh same amount of games left remaining Mm -hmm. correct one game against each other I don't know if Napoli is going to be able to bounce back from this. So, I feel like partly it's my fault. Because <laughs> I went to a Napolitan pizzeria a few weeks ago. Actually, the, the Friday before the Roma game. And I wore a Napoli jersey to that pizzeria for the first time. Were you trying I, to get free food? I was trying to get free food. It did not work. I got a mention on Twitter though. They did. They tagged me in a photo on Twitter, but um, it didn't get free food. And Napoli since then has lost to Roma four two, tied into zero zero, and is now four points behind Juventus. All right, Eddie not Bush. looking good. Good job. <laughs> um, so I don't want to say that the race is over because Juventus is still in the Champions League. So they have some big games ahead of them, and they could lose focus slip up here and there but usually at this time of the year if they're ahead they're not looking back so i would be very worried if you know if i were a napoli fan so i'll say i'll say this well first off before we before we get into more of the the actual race and matchup Mm. you're an ac milan guy what are you doing wearing the jersey why do you even own the jersey I have a lot of jerseys. I like. I'm a fan of jerseys. Um, so, and I, it's an Insigne jersey. 
Okay. So I try to buy. I like to get you know a, a staple of the team in their jersey. So I bought the Insigne jersey because I am an AC Milan fan, but I also try to be very very unbiased since I write about the sport and everything and. I like to dabble. Who are, you, who are you fooling? You? Why would you buy another team's jersey and support their colors? There's, there are two jerseys that I won't buy. Go ahead. Inter Milan. Okay. I'll never buy an Inter Milan jersey. All right. And the Juventus jersey. And I won't buy a Juventus jersey because my father and my brother are Juventus fans. So the rivalry in the household does not permit me <laughs> to buy a Juventus right. jersey. So those are the two that I would never buy. But everything else is fair game. <laughs> Would, would you say that um, – because I can't imagine – baseball is more of a regional sport mm-hmm. and baseball fans, if you're a fan of the Yankees, you're not going to buy a Miami Marlins jersey. You're not going to buy a San Francisco Giants jersey, a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey. But in the NBA, that's more of a player-centric league and right. people follow indiv- – they could be fans of – the Lakers, but they could be LeBron fans, and they'll buy a LeBron jersey. Is soccer closer to the baseball method- methodology of just supporting the team, or is it closer towards the player methodology, uh, which we see in the NBA? I think it's uh, more regional, but you could buy the player's national team jersey. jersey. So, that you so that's where that. it becomes a little so twisted. Like, technically, I should be buying an Insigne Italy jersey, but... I have respect for Napoli, so... <laughs> or maybe you're playing the long game, and you're just jinxing all these teams. <laughs> did, wish, you ever think of, did you ever think about I buying Juventus? Well, no, no. I well, won't how many that. championships have they won in a row? I won't. I have a Juventus voodoo doll in my room. That's, but <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> that may or may not be true, <laughs> but um, I will not buy the jersey. I'm just saying, maybe, maybe think about it. Maybe, you know, maybe next year... <laughs> All right. I'll try it. I'll wear my brother's one day. Tweet at him at CPERFEDO11. If you want Juventus to lose, if you don't want to see them win a championship, maybe we'll start a GoFundMe for a, for a jersey. For a jersey. What <laughs> amount of money would it take for you to put that jersey on? It's priceless. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. The... I, I, I just can't do it. It's lost for, do it. lost for words. I would never I would never hear the end of it, so I can't do it. There's okay. just I know so many Juventus fans in my life that would drive me crazy if I ever put the Juventus jersey on, so I can't do okay, it. Okay, so what if you put it on behind like not on social media, then put it on Facebook, then put it on Twitter or anything like that, and you only did it to try to reverse jinx them? Would that work? I feel like if you do it, you have to go 100%. So I don't know if that would work. I'll tell you this. If there is a restaurant that specializes in food from Torino, I'll wear a Juventus jersey to the restaurant <laughs> if someone comes forward. I'll wear, I'll I like it. it. I like it. So let's get, let's get into the actual race. Um, my thoughts are this. I know Napoli is behind the eight ball now. Yes. But they're a very talented team. They've gotten this far. They score goals. All it need, all it takes, I and you've been saying this, and I want to knock you on this a little bit. From the minute that the Ballas scored the goal against Lazio, mm-hmm. you have said the race is over. Every, I said it's going to be very tough. 
you I will bring up the text message. You have said oh, everywhere yeah. along everywhere it's along over. the line along the way that the Dybala goal, then they lose the game to to Roma, and now this past week. Ever, ever since that goal was scored, you said the race is over. So I'm just gonna say that that's that's your opinion. My opinion is that if they can find a way to win that game against Juventus, and they played them, I mean, they lost the game, but they played them relatively close the first time, and now they have some extra motivation that they need to win. Mm-hmm. The first game that they played, they didn't need to win. They played more of a, a trying to tie, trying, trying to just get out with a point. Uh, if they can win that game, it's a totally different... Now, then it's a one point. But that's where I disagree. I picked Napoli to win at the beginning of the season, so I would like them to win for a number of reasons. Number one, I like them better. Number two, I'm sick of seeing Juventus win. And number three, I would like to be right. All right. But I just felt like that Dybala goal came out of nowhere, and it demoralized them so bad. And that wasn't the worst part of it. Now they're in a bad spot because I agree with you. If it was that one game... Even though it would be really tough because no one wins at Juventus Stadium ever. Like, look look at the stats. They've lost maybe like three games there since it's opened. So nobody wins there. But say that they could go there and win, the four points is what kills me now. Because now they need Juventus to slip up in another game and too. And the thing is you don't think they're going to slip up. I, not, I don't think so. I mean... They How does their to, schedule look the remainder of, of the way? Is there a, is there a game that you're looking at and saying so, they could slip? They could tie like a, a you know, Napoli just played Inter and they they drew. Juventus has a tougher schedule, so okay. Juventus still has to play Milan. They still have to play Inter and they still have to play Roma and they still have to play um, Napoli. So Napoli you, got so, Roma in Roma and Inter and Lazio out of the way. I just right want right. everyone at home to realize this. They have to play your team. Yeah, both of them do. Well, both of them do. Okay. All right. I so thought only I, I'm hoping Milan wins both games and it's a wash. So <laughs> Milan has no impact on the title race whatsoever. That's that's interesting because I, I was about to say, if not only do you think that Napoli is not going to come from behind from the, the, the four-point deficit, but you're saying that even your own team can't help Napoli out. I'm saying that they could help Napoli by beating Juventus, but then what's going to happen when they beat Napoli too? <laughs> All right. And they're going to hurt Napoli that week. So I see how it is. I see how it is. Yeah, All right. So, tough. I mean, it's an interesting matchup, and I think we talked about before, it's one of the only le- – I think it's the only league left that has a, 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 a right. still a championship race, even though it seems to be that Juventus is starting to pull away um, as we go. It's definitely going to be interesting – as we move forward, uh, keep listening, keep following us, because mm-hmm. we're going to document it every step. Napoli's going to put up a fight. They'll they, put up a they'll fight. They'll put up a fight. They've invested a lot into it. They when is the when mind. is the game? Do you know when the game? April twenty second. April twenty second. So so it's a little over a month away. But what is the what is the point total that they need to be within? I think if they if they're within three points going into that game. That there it is. There, yeah. that's, the, that's the game. There's the championship. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. That's the game you have to mark down so. on the calendar. Uh, let's turn now to. We just spoke about your team, AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they have a very, very high, uh, a very, very difficult task now. They're down 2-0 after the first leg of the Europa tournament. They're moving into the second leg. The game is tomorrow, probably by the time you're listening to this. Uh, it's in preparation over. of the game, or the game might be actually over. Um, Arsenal has a 2-0 lead right now. It's in. It's going to be in Arsenal. Monday. What, what are you thinking are the odds? <laughs> so Arsenal's not at a place. They play no, in I, London. Okay. I, just, I, I understand that. I just wanted to clear that up. When I say in Arsenal, yeah, I mean it's in the stadium. Arsenal, yeah. At Arsenal, at yes. The, the Emirates. Um, <laughs> so for the actual game... Um, I may be an they, idiot about a lot of things. Geography, I'm not an idiot about. <laughs> they're making they're making a lot of changes, so I find that interesting. I think that's good. I think from the first game, they you could tell they needed more speed because offensively they were trying to go forward, and then once they once like the midfielders got forward, the they didn't get back on defense once Arsenal got the ball, and it left the defense very exposed because they were just too slow. So I think um, they'll make some changes to combat that, where they don't. They'll have some more speed on the field. Andre Silva, who scored a goal in the last, literally, literally the last second was against Genoa, goal, right? was his first goal in Serie A. He has scored a bunch in the Europa League, but that was his first Serie A goal. He's a very talented player. Cristiano Ronaldo actually said. When he retires from Portugal, they'll still be in good hands because they have Andre Silva. Okay. So. He's gonna. All reports indicate that he's gonna start tomorrow. He hasn't been starting games, but he he's supposed to start tomorrow. So Patrick Coutron. No, so supposedly he's switching up the formation to go with two strikers. So Coutrone will start alongside Andre Silva. Either Coutrone You're trying to or Kalinic. Show me up with the pronunciation, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this is my this is my team, Nacho. <laughs> so they're gonna change things up and look, Arsenal. They've been playing much better. They beat Milan, and then over the weekend they um, won three nothing. They beat I think Burnley three nothing. So they've uh, they've been playing much better. Or Watford, I forgot which team. But um, if they give up a goal early to Milan, I think Milan will have a shot. The thing that kills them is if they give up a goal to Arsenal, it becomes a much much, much tougher fight. Yeah. Then. So absolutely. that's that's going to be the issue. But. You never know. It'll be interesting to watch. It'll be an interesting matchup. Um, If they win the game, but they lose on points with the aggregate, Mm -hmm. is that a success for you? No. They needed to... This competition is important to them because they were using it to try to get into the Champions League, and it doesn't matter if they win the game. I... It, it, yes and no. I mean, I don't think it's a success, but it's good for the team to go away and be the Premier well, I mean, League you, you, team. We have talked about how they're a young team, and Gattuso is obviously a young yeah. coach. Um, and so. it seems that the Milan fans, unlike the English uh, Manchester United fans, uh, are willing to, to grow with Gattuso as long as they're a su- success well, they now because he's doing well, but they fired the coach in in December, the original coach Montella, who actually coaches Sevilla now and beat Manchester United. Um, but they got rid of him because they lost their patience, and 
in the beginning, Gattuso had a little bit of a tough stretch. He didn't start off great. And no one was like, oh, I mean, some people were like, let's give him time. He might need time. But most of the people were like, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, this was a mistake, blah, blah, blah. So it helps that he's he's doing well. So it's interesting that you mentioned Montella, who ended up landing on his feet and ended up in the Champions League. <laughs> that's a, that's a How, wild turn of events. Yeah. I can't imagine that happening in American sports because usually when you, you lose your job mid-year, you're not going to coach until the next season. Right. Um, why? How did this happen? How did Because it's end- cross leagues. It's not. It wouldn't have happened in Italy. So if I, I don't. The rule was, and I think it still is, that if you get fired in Italy, you can't go coach well, another say- Italian team. Okay, I'm not saying because in American sports you can. There's no rule right. in the leagues against you going to coach another team. I'm, but I it's, think it's it's because I know what you're saying, and I think it's because they don't have that bad taste in the, in their mouths in Spain because, because it's they, so far away from them. So maybe they weren't watching Milan as closely, and you know he has a decent record. He did well with them last year. They had a young team, and he got the best out of them. He did well at Fiorentina and Sampdoria, so he um, you know he has a good record. So they probably figured maybe he just needed a change of scenery. You know? Well, it seems to be working out. I that guy's got a horseshoe. Uh, yeah. You know, it's really, really lucky to to fall. You know, to have that fall into your lap and to be on a successful team to now be in the Champions League with only eight teams left. Mm-hmm. Um, he should probably try to renegotiate, get a contract extension at this point. I would. <laughs> Why not? Yep. All right. If you like what you hear. Um, you can download us and uh, subscribe and rate and review. We really need some ratings and we really need uh, some reviews. Any feedback is actually terrific. Um, you can do that on iTunes. Uh, you can tweet us at 88ExpertPod. You can find us on Anchor. You can also find us on Cloud Sports TK. And we'll move to our final topic, which seems to be our final topic every single week. Right. Um, the MLS. So... A few days ago, we decided, because the MLS season is starting... It started. It they're started. About, they're well, two games in so far. Yeah, they're in the process of... Start, a process right. It's of a very early, early stage early of the season. Early in the season. Yep. Um, yeah, we had those tweets, MLS is back. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> those were actual MLS games <laughs> Okay. that we were tweeting. So, uh, we, we decided that it would be more interesting for our fan base if we each decided to follow an MLS team this season. So Claudio is going to follow uh, the New York, New Jersey. No, New Jersey. They dropped the New New York Red Bulls. The New York Red Bulls. Don't disrespect my team. (laughs) Formerly the New York, New Jersey Metro Metro Stars. And I will be be following the Yankee-owned, New York Yankee-owned, Play York, at Yankee Stadium. Play at Yankee Stadium, New York City FC. Yes. You had first pick and you chose them. And I, and I chose them. And also keep in mind, my team had an Italian legend previously. I don't know. So about. did mine. Go ahead. Well, go up, Go. Who was your Italian legend? Roberto Donadoni played for Milan and the Italian national team in the 90s. And he joined the Metro Stars when they started in, in 96. So... All right. Well, you have an Italian legend. I have an Italian legend. I'll take Pirlo. Yeah, I'll take Pirlo. Donadoni's great, though, and he coaches uh, Bologna in Italy, so he's still around. All right. Well, that's interesting. Um, so I had first choice, and, and that's the team that I took, um, mostly for the, 
the Yankee GIFs that I could send out. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting thing happened. Uh, Claudio, his team welcomed him with open arms. True. They, they welcomed you with a nice tweet. They they liked Welcome your home, tweet. Claudio. Yeah. they wrote. That was their... If they could have put any music behind it, I think they would. It would have been like a Carmelo Anthony opening video. Rumors have said that they are making a tribute video to me. <laughs> so look out for that on Red Bull Twitter. The and then days. and then I got people trash talking me. Like I knew like I knew <laughs> so, what this guy was talking about. So the Red Bulls welcomed me and <laughs> NYCFC was nowhere to be found. That's fine. It's like I told them on Twitter. Don't worry about welcoming your new Left fans. Left Joe on an island don't to wor- get abused. Don't worry about welcoming your fans. Worry about For winning. For a 7-0 loss that Joe had no idea even existed. So so, so this, this guy on Twitter sends, uh, sends us a meme. Uh, and he said... Part of the th- Red Bull Army. Yeah, they should worry more about this. And it's a guy wearing a jersey with the 7-0 and then the two teams behind it. So it took us about two to three hours to figure out what he was exactly talking about. <laughs> We found it. We found out. Apparently, the Red Bulls beat New York City FC 7 0. I, I don't know when this game happened. It was last year. Last year. Yeah. Let me tell you this. First off, that's a total waste of money to buy a jersey that only says 7 0 on the back. That's. Why would you do that? That makes no sense. Historic. Historic. <laughs> Historic. Okay. So, I get it. Second. Why don't you worry about the year at hand? Like, I can't believe... Well, we're off to a good start. So, you know, we, we have uh, a, nice, a nice win to start I can't the season. Believe... The CONCACAF Champions League semifinalists. You wouldn't know about that because NYCFC is not in the competition. I can't believe a social the media account would spend their time to welcome you with your 2,000 followers on Twitter. So, Joe, they're very welcoming. They... If if I had nine followers like you, they would <laughs> they would have welcomed me also. I don't, I don't think about. I don't think they would do that. <laughs> NYCFC literally left you on an island. This guy's abusing you with, with this seven nothing. You know what'd be nice if they sent me a DM and said, "Oh, the reason why this guy's making fun of you is because we lost the game last year." Please stop referencing us and st- please stop adding us uh, moving forward. So, all right, so. Um, but they won the CONCACAF Champions League game last night, the Red Bulls. Against Tijuana, which, yes. by the way, I don't know if you've ever tried to tweet at Tijuana, but they don't have a Twitter page. They lost to a team, doesn't have a Twitter page. <laughs> doesn't, they're a good team. They're from the Mexican League, which historically has been better than the MLS. So it was a big win. It was a big win for the boys. Yeah, okay. All right. This is a team that was comprised of the town doctor... <laughs> <laughs> the town butcher. They have a guy on the team that's loaned out from Roma. They must really hate him. <laughs> no. They must really listen. If you imagine to be the guy that you're you're signed in Syria, uh, you're playing for Roma, and then all of a sudden they say we're gonna loan you out to the to the Mexican league. It's I mean, a good league. I mean, you can all uh, and you can make the debate that. The MLS is worse than that, but if you're in that league, how upset are you that you got loaned out to the MLS or you got loaned out to the Mexican League? That has to be... It might have been a choice. I mean, he he was good for Verona in um, 
Serie A, so I'm sure another team would have taken him, or he could even play in the B division. Yeah, I, there, I would but. say, wouldn't you rather be loaned out to a B division team in Serie B? Maybe he has ties to Tijuana. Maybe it was a good spot for him if they paid his wages, you know, because you have to keep that in mind when. So when you're owned by a team like Roma and you're you have a wage set with them, you get those wages even when you go out on loan. So he's getting paid good money to play for Tijuana. Tijuana is not a bad spot. It's right across the border, right next to San Diego. I understand that. So, I'm I'm talking strictly on the coast. strictly from a talent perspective. I would much rather be in the second division of Italian soccer. Second division of Spanish soccer. I think he's from Paraguay, so maybe he wanted to come back to this part of the world. All right. You know. We'll, we'll see. Um, we'll also update you on if I get trash-talked by any more Red Bull fans. And I'm sure now Tijuana fans are going to come out of the work. On a serious note, it was a big win for them. So they won uh, 3-1 yesterday. 5-1 yeah. on aggregate. It's the first time that they've made it to the semifinals of the competition. Um, there's a good article on DeMarzio. My colleague Matt wrote it, um, which explains that for people who don't follow MLS closely, that the Mexican League is thought to be better than the MLS, but recently MLS is trying to overcome that league, and the MLS teams are doing very well against the Mexican uh, League in this competition. So it's a step forward, and uh, I have to scout tonight because uh, we're playing the winner of Seattle versus Guadalajara. Mm. So, um, so how many? Do we know how many MLS teams are still remaining in the tournament? Remaining? I'm not sure. There were there were five, I believe, to start. Toronto is still in. They won last night, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Bulls are still in, and I think Seattle has a shot to go to the semifinals tonight. And I think that's it. I think just the three of them. All, All right. Left. Well. We'll follow the the Concacaf. Concacaf, uh, yes. Con- yeah, however you say that. Uh, we'll follow that tournament, um, and we'll follow much, much more. You uh, uh, you can follow us at Idiot Expert Pod on Twitter. You can follow him, Claudio Perfetto at uh, C Perfetto Eleven. Follow me at Calcio Joe Five. Um, this has been an Idiot Expert episode four. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>